Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. This is Mary Pat Campbell, also known as Meep. That's my nickname. I'm a life actuary who lives in New York, but I love beating up on Chicago because I don't have to directly pay for it. Uh, And it's just fun. Chicago swore in their new mayor and they'll be swearing at their new mayor soon enough i am sure but let me go over some of the material that i recently wrote as well as some of the stories that are coming out with what the new mayor has to deal with so the new mayor is brandon johnson he was sworn in on may 15th and before he was sworn in a variety of people were pointing out that the Chicago pensions are basically some of the worst funded pensions for city pensions in the country. And also, I checked it myself and I agreed. So let me quote from some of these stories. So from May 8th, WBBM, uh, titled Brandon Johnson is inheriting some of the nation's worst funded pensions, finance expert says. Here we go. Chicago owes billions of dollars to its public pension funds for its teachers, fire, transit, and other city workers. Mary Williams Walsh, the managing editor for the online newsletter News Items, said she considers it the worst for a major city in the U.S. There's different ways of measuring things, so you can never be very precise, but I would say it's one of the worst, if not the worst, she said. Williams Walsh, a finance expert and a former New York Times reporter, said those for fire and police have the lowest funding. For each dollar they have to pay, she said they get about 23 cents. She blamed so-called ramps, plans under prior administrations to postpone pension payments and then increase them in later years for Chicago's current situation. What somebody should say is, if you can't afford your contributions now, then you can't afford your plan and you should do it over. Williams Walsh said. I mean, you should find some way of making it affordable. So that was her take. And then on May 1st from the 74 titled New Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson inherits America's worst teacher pension mess. Uh, That was by Chad Alderman. And he wrote, As the newly elected mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson just inherited what is arguably the worst teacher retirement plan in the country. That's a big claim, so let's walk through some numbers. First up is the cost side. Next year, Chicago will contribute more than $1 billion toward the city's teacher pension plan. A large portion of that money will come from the state, and another $550 million will come from a dedicated property tax levy the state authorized in 2018. And yet, all this money is not enough. The chart below comes from the public plans database from the Boston College Center for Retirement Research. As the chart shows, Chicago's pension contributions have risen substantially over time, the blue bars. But not once in the last 20 years has it contributed as much as what its actuaries recommended, the red bars. In 2021 alone, that gap amounted to about $350 million. And so I pulled that graph from the database, and it's one that I use as well. And you can see this ramp as a percentage of payroll going from 10% of payroll. And this is the recommended payment, by the way, that I'm describing. In 2001, the recommended uh, contribution 
to the Chicago Teachers Plan was about 10% of payroll, and it has ramped up by 2020 to 50% of payroll, and not one year. It came close in 2017, fiscal year 2017, of paying the full contribution. But pretty much every single year, uh, it was shortchanged, this pension plan, in terms of the contribution. This is basically the main reason why the Chicago Teachers Pension Plan is underfunded. And basically all of the Chicago uh, pension plans are deeply underfunded because of a deliberate choice not to fully fund these plans. I pulled the current data from the public uh, plans database, I filtered for all the city level pensions and I made sure to get the teachers pensions as well that were at the city level. Um, so this will include New York City pensions, stuff like Duluth, uh, San Francisco, that kind of thing. Uh, this does not include county level pensions, and it definitely does not include the state level pensions like CalPERS or CalSTRS. Uh, so if I highlighted the five Chicago pension plans that were in the database, that's Chicago Fire, Chicago Police, Chicago Municipal, Chicago Laborers, and Chicago Teachers, and, you know, put this on a scatter plot, the horizontal uh, axis was the funded ratio, and this is from fiscal year 2021, because fiscal year 2022, only a small percentage of the plans have that reported in the database. And then the vertical axis was the required contribution, not what they actually put in, by the way, but the required contribution as a percentage of covered payroll. And to be what I would consider a bad pension is low funded ratio and a very high required contribution as a percentage of covered payroll, because that would be like an expensive plan. And I actually did not restrict it. There was a really crazy plan that's very low funded and a very high required contribution as percentage cover payroll. And that's Charleston, West Virginia fire plan, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I highlighted uh, that one. Um, you know, that's very small. I did not weight these by amount of assets or how many covered people there were. I just filtered on whether it was a city pension plan or not. And yes, the five Chicago plans are some of the worst funded and some of the most expensive as percentage of payroll in the whole database as of fiscal year 2021. If you actually dig into the statistics, a huge reason for this is because they don't make their full required contributions. As a result, it ramps up. When you don't make your full required contributions, then the actuaries have to recalculate. They amortize the unfunded liability. And guess what? That required contribution as a percentage of covered payroll increases. And that's what's happened to all of these plans. In the case of some of these plans, like Chicago Municipal, and I've got a spreadsheet for that, which I'm not going to go over right now, the cash flow has been in a very bad position such that the cash has been going out and it was in an asset death spiral, in which case they really had to change how they were doing contributions and make sure that they were contributing enough to cover the cash flows that were going out so that they did not run out of assets. They were going to be running out of assets in a few, and as 
and by a few, I mean like by 2025 years time. Um, so they managed to cover that, but it is a huge fiscal strain on Chicago, having to cover Chicago municipal pensions, just the cash flow that it was getting to be as, um, you know, it was getting to be close to a pay as you go pension system. And you start to see why you try to pre fund your pensions, because it's very expensive to try to run these pension plans on a pay-as-you-go basis. Um, you, you really find out, oh yeah, when you have to say, well, we'll pay more later. Well, it's later now for Chicago. So that is really going to be putting a crimp on the spending plans of, oh yeah, we're going to shovel a lot of money to unions in Chicago, which is what Brandon Johnson and his buddies would love to do. And more on that in a moment. But, uh, of course, a lot of the contributions for Chicago city pensions, well, specifically the Chicago teachers, comes from the state of Illinois. And the question becomes, <laughs> can Illinois itself pay for it? Because what often would happen is Chicago would say, well, hey, Illinois, you need to pony up some money for our pensions. And Illinois says, hey, we can't afford it. And that happens to be true. So recently, the Census Bureau released its updated estimates from one of its surveys of how various communities throughout the United States have changed <laughs> as of 2022. So this is called like their uh, vintage 2022. And I, I'm trying to remember which survey it is, if it's the American, I think it's the American Community Survey. Um, but I may be incorrect about which survey from the census it is. In any case, the Illinois Policy Institute covered this. Bryce Hill, Director of Fiscal and Economic Research, has a piece dated May 17th, 2023, titled 85% of Illinois communities lose people in 2022. Chicago loses 33,000 people. I think that may put a crimp in revenue plans for Chicago. So 1,108 Illinois communities of all sizes shared in the record loss of more than 104,000 residents in 2022, according to new Census Bureau data. Chicago lost 32% of the state's total. Illinois' population loss hit more than 85% of its cities, towns, and villages in 2022, but 32% of the state's 104,437 person loss came out of the city of Chicago, new census data shows. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. That is false precision, by the way. This is coming from a survey estimate. So really, 104,000 people, approximately. There are... Uh, you know, there's a range of estimates coming from the Census Bureau. Uh, population decline in Illinois is spreading, now affecting more than 85% of communities throughout the state and hitting communities of all sizes. There were 1,108 of Illinois' 1,296 incorporated places that lost population in 2022, according to data released May 18th by the U.S. Census Bureau. And you might say, well, how did he get it ahead of time? Uh, I actually get these emails too. It's embargoed and then we can uh, release and publish. Um, so we get to prep our stuff ahead of time. I don't publish this um, most of the time because I'm on a slower publication schedule at work. 
Um, so he has some graphs uh, with regards to uh, how different size communities in Illinois, in Illinois, sorry. Um, <laughs> so and I'm going to interpolate something here. When my kids were little, we had, of course, those state puzzles, you know, different states with their names on it. And uh, as you know, with kids who are precocious in reading, they will s sound out words according to phonics and how they think a word should be pronounced. And they would um, pronounce Illinois' uh, name, Il Illinois, as illness, which always cracked me up. Uh, yes, I did correct them, but uh, Stuart and I had a good chuckle over Illinois being uh, pronounced as illness. In any case, moving on. So the biggest Illinois cities were the biggest losers and the population change when they do the survey, it's from July 1st to July 1st. So it's July 1st, 2021 to July 1st, 2022. So for the uh, cities, over 100,000. And so obviously Chicago is going to be the biggest of those, but there are other cities in Illinois that are over 100,000 in population. And uh, the loss is 37,548. Uh, but at every size level, like 50,000 to 100,000, there was a loss of 14,450, 25,000 to 50,000, it was 13,000, from 10,000 to 25,000, there was a 15,000 loss, etc. So we have a population loss just kind of across the size tiers of Illinois. And of course, that's going to transfer into revenue uh, loss. And this is the point that Bryce Hill makes himself in the piece. So uh, when I get farther down in his piece, he says Chicago's population problems could get even worse if Mayor Brandon Johnson's tax proposals become reality. One of Johnson's key campaign platforms was to drastically raise taxes. He called for at least $800 million in new and increased taxes on what he calls the suburbs, airlines, and ultra-rich. That plan will likely mean more businesses and residents fleeing the city. However, a new report authored by a member of Johnson's transition team suggested his tax hikes could be far costlier. Well, they could be far costlier if, you know, <laughs> they actually went into effect. And it, there's like big ifs that people actually sit still to be taxed. I mean, the next thing that I'm going to talk about, it's not coming from Brandon Johnson himself. This is a piece from Wire Points by Mark Glennon. Uh, echoing Scarface, first we get the money, say Mayor Johnson's allies with $12 billion financial plan. And here comes Angela Davis. So two Chicago interest groups that are major allies of Ma Mayor Brandon Johnson published Wednesday what they want Johnson to pursue for new taxes, a city income tax, a wealth tax, <laughs> good luck with that, a head tax assessed per worker on employers, a digital ad tax, a jump in the tax on jet fuel used at Chicago's airports, a progressive increase on real estate, transaction fees on sales over $1 million. 
The new taxes would total $6.8 billion, according to the plan, and would be coupled with a supposed savings of $5.1 billion that would be redirected to other spending, totaling nearly $12 billion. For a little perspective, the tax increase would be even bigger than Chicago's near $5 billion corporate fund, the main operating account in the city's budget. You got to hand it to today's left when it comes to the path to power. The title on their proposal is First We Get the Money, $12 billion to Fund Adjust Chicago, echoing the wisdom in a famous line in the movie Scarface. First you get the money, then you get the power, and no, I'm not going to do the accent. Uh, That formula has worked well for the Chicago Teachers Union and its close allies, the Action Center on Race and the Economy, and the People's Unity Platform, which sponsored the new proposal. And, you know, it goes on from there. But, you know, my point here, and I'll, you know, I'll link to this in the show notes, is... This is all assuming the money's going to show up. Um, You can pass the laws to pass the taxes, but people can move and people can leave. Uh, That is one of the biggest issues. Andrew Studdiford at a National Review Capital Matters uh, has a piece, Chicago Pork Bellies to Flee the Sinking Ship. And of course, people know that futures are traded in Chicago. This is from May 16th, and he writes, sometimes the golden goose escapes the knife and moves to Florida. Among the tax proposals, increases, not cuts, in case you were wondering, being put forward by Brandon Johnson, Chicago's new mayor, is one for a financial transactions tax at a rate of $1 or $2 for every securities trading contract. The Illinois Policy Institute has taken a look at this idea and argues that it's not one that is within the city's power to levy. Okay, so evidently, so I'm not a lawyer and I'm not going to go through this. You can read this uh, yourself as to whether or not, you know, legally Chicago can do this. Um, That's not my point. My point is the next bit that Stutterford writes. Such taxes are not a good idea at the best of times, but to propose them for the embattled city that still hosts the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, well, how does that advice about stopping digging go again? Click on the link to the Wikipedia entry for the CME given above for details of what's traded there. Here's one detail that might catch your attention. Trading is conducted in two methods, an open outcry format and the CME Globex trading system, which is an electronic trading platform. More than 90% of total volume at the exchange occurs electronically on CME Globex. For an idea of what an open outcry format looks like, there has never been a better place to turn to than the dignified portrait contained in that great Christmas movie, Trading Places. But then note that second sentence, more than 90% of total volume at the exchange occurs electronically on CME Globex. What's traded electronically can be traded anywhere. Bloomberg CME Group is prepared to leave Chicago if the city and state take steps that are perceived as ill-conceived, Chief Executive Officer Terry Duffy said in an interview. Duffy's remarks may add pressure on a new mayor who's promised a slate of progressive reforms as he contends with a recent exodus of financial firms from one of America's best-known trading hubs. Citadel founder Ken Griffin last year announced he was ditching Chicago for the sunlit uplands of Miami, while other trading companies are grappling with empty office buildings. 
Duffy then twists the knife. We have sold all of our property in the state of Illinois, in the city of Chicago, Duffy said. We don't own anything any longer. In our leases, we have a language in there that says if there's something that's ill-conceived from the city or the state, that our leases are null and void. Duffy said, we are in a very strong position. If we had to leave, we could leave. So one of the thing politicians don't understand, <laughs> obviously they don't understand business uh, because most of them have not been in business. They think that success in business is from, you know, dumb luck, privilege, et cetera, et cetera. Um, maybe some of the people they deal with, you know, the glad handers that are put in front of them, because, you know, the, the lobbyists tend to be ex-politicians themselves. Uh, so they never have had to deal with somebody who actually worked up through business and became successful. Um, because the kinds of people who are successful in business and who cannot control their face in front of dumb politicians, well, they don't get put in front of dumb politicians now, do they? Um Yes, businesses are not success <laughs> successful in dealing with politicians by being dumb in terms of the people they put in front of the politicians. Uh, yeah, in any case, um, it is always amusing to see these various tax proposals and they never understand why the corporate taxes are never, quote, successful. Um, the ones that are successful are the ones on residential property taxes because those are the people who are kind of stuck. And, um, and it's more on middle class taxes because those are the people with fewer options. Sales taxes, those work. Uh, but ha what happened with that soda tax in Cook County, pray? You know, how did that go down as a revenue source? Um, you know, what happened with that one? You might want to rethink your plans on taxes. I am just saying. The problem is, of course... The easy answer is to short the pensions, but because that was the answer for Chicago for so many decades, they don't really get to do that answer so much anymore. The money had already been running out, and they're supposed to be paying for those benefits at least on a pay-as-they-go basis. And the reason the money was running out is it's going out to pay those benefits. Um, they are going to be very stuck with regards to the amount of choices they have on what they can spend. And it seems that Illinois itself, looking back to the Illinois Policy Institute from May 18th, lawmakers plan to short pensions by $4.4 billion in 2024 budget. They're already planning to short the state pensions yet again. They have never, ever, ever paid full the full amount in Illinois. And if you think they're going to help Chicago, you are, I don't know why you would think that. Okay, this time it's different. Come on. So Chicago is pretty stuck. Uh, I'm going to tell you there's a difference between, of course, campaigning and promising. And now that you actually have responsibility and you're actually looking at income statements and balance sheets of what you're actually going to be able to do. Um, people are going to want results and, you know, for whatever his buddies are 
dreaming up pie in the sky. There is a difference between the budget, and that's the other thing. You can pass the taxes you want to pass, but then there's the revenues you will actually get. And Chicago is going to be constrained. (laughs) People are not going to take your IOUs so much anymore. Think about it. So that's been Stump, Death and Taxes. (laughs) And best wishes to Chicago and Brandon Johnson. Hard choices will have to be made. Um, And maybe I will beat up on New York another time and not just Chicago. But Chicago has much more difficult decisions to make than New York because New York, at least, has not shorted its pensions as much as Chicago and therefore it has more leeway to make choices and that's what happens so sorry Chicago that's the truth bye